Welcome to another edition of The Money Minutes. I'm Ross Greenwood. It's the 1st of June, and being the first day of the month, a few things start to change. Number one, you've got an opening up of Australia's economy. In most states, you've got a relaxation of the rules that have really constricted the economy and employment since the coronavirus broke out and the economy went into lockdown. And over the past day, with just 10 cases of coronavirus recorded right across Australia, this is the reason why the economy can now be opened up. It's a simple situation that the health system has not been overrun. And so the importance to get people back to work, to get businesses back generating cash, has become the overwhelming factor for Australia, for the government, and indeed for the economy at large. Now, also being the first of the month, another key uh, statistic comes out, and that is the traditional CoreLogic Home Value Index. It gives a view of house prices across the country over the past month. It's actually not as bad as you might think. Say, for example, in the month, Sydney price is down by 0.4 of a percent. But annually, those prices are still 14.3% higher than what they were this time last year. We go down through to another uh, couple of uh, metrics there, and you start to see, say, for example, uh, the Melbourne prices down 0.9%, the worst affected property market during this, and for the quarter now, down by 0.8%. Brisbane, property values down 0.1% for the quarter, are up by 0.8%. Adelaide up by 0.4%, bucking the trend for the quarter now up by 1.1%. In Perth, down by 0.6%. And for the quarter, uh, up by 1.1%. Uh, Hobart is up by 0.8%, like Adelaide, those prices higher. And for the quarter, up by half a percent. And by Darwin, which has been going down for quite some time, prices down 1.6% for the quarter, though are up by 2.1%. Now, the important part about this is clearly the ability for people to get access to cheap credit right now is, if you like, the carrot. The disincentive is the worry, the fear that prices might continue to fall. It's almost similar in some ways to what's taken place in the stock market. Though your common sense and logic tells you that there's more to go with the coronavirus, there's more pain coming, the gradual opening up of the economy has given hope Given anticipation, optimism, if you like, even, that maybe things can improve. Same thing kind of happens when you go through and have a look at the property markets. Number one, affordability has improved because of price falls over the past year and by virtue of cheaper money. So the ability to borrow somewhere in the twos or the low threes for most property buyers right now is attractive. So despite the forecast that there may be maybe up to a 30% fall in house prices coming, that's SQM Research, Louis Christopher and others, even as we'll get to very shortly, the Commonwealth Bank has got similar worst case forecasts. The other side of it is also to look at the gross yields on houses and apartments around Australia. So give you a small example. In Sydney right now, the gross yield on a unit is 3.5%. In Melbourne, 4%. In Brisbane, 5.2%. In Adelaide, 5.4%. Perth, 5.2%. Hobart, 5.1%. And Darwin, 6.8%. In other words, if you're prepared to take the punt, the property prices will not fall dramatically. Because remember, sometimes chasing yield can be like fool's gold. If you're chasing, say, the yields of bank shares in recent times and dividends there have been either cut or indeed have been wiped out altogether, 
Now, it, one of those points is that looking at the yield alone is not good enough. You've got to have some view as to what the future price can be. The big question here is, number one, if you can get an apartment right now at a price um, and therefore you can get a tenant who will pay that rent, you might be okay. But the anecdotal evidence out there right now is that as a result of people either losing jobs or indeed young people moving back into home with parents to cope with the coronavirus economic crisis, that the yields or if you like the rents on many properties are starting to fall. And this particularly is impacting the lower and middle income um, parts of the market. So we're talking about the lower price to the mid-priced apartments in particular, where rents are under, are under some pressure. So number one, if you do buy, thinking, well, okay, here's an opportunity. I can go to Brisbane and buy an apartment, get a yield of 5.2%, borrow at, let's say, 3 maybe 3.2%. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, you get a positively geared property. But as I say, that depends on a few things. Number one, keeping that tenant. And number two, having the ability to be able to keep that mortgage and indeed keep that operating because of your own job and your own income staying sound during this whole period of the economic downturn. Now, I just want to take you to a couple of bits and pieces here. We go back to, it was May 12, and that uh, on that day, the Commonwealth Bank, Australia's biggest home lender, set out a worst case scenario. It was saying at the time that its worst case scenario, remember, was that unemployment would be around 9%. So in other words, a lot of people out of work, which means a lot of people don't have an ability to pay a mortgage, which means therefore, as a result, a lot of people would default. Then there'd be a lot of market, a lot of houses hit the market, prices would fall. The worst case scenario, according to the Commonwealth Bank on that day, was a 32% fall in house prices. Clearly, there's no sign of that in the core logic numbers today. Now, here is the Commonwealth Bank's chief executive, Matt Common, on the day those forecasts came out with the ABC's Elise Morgan. From a banking perspective, we also need to be prudent and consider both a realistic downturn scenario, but also to be planning for a worst case. And we set that out today in the severe downturn scenario. As you said, that would see you know, a sustained uh, increase in unemployment and ultimately flowing through to many aspects of the economy, including the housing market. Now, around the time that Matt Common has talked about that, the Commonwealth also said it had received repayment deferral requests on roughly 71,000 business loans worth more than $15 billion. On top of that, another 144,000 home loans worth $50 billion and 25,000 personal loans. Now, you start to think your way through that. The business loans, 71,000 of them, that is all about coronavirus. That is going to be in the hospitality and the tourism trade. This is going to be businesses that all of a sudden found their income went to zero as a result of the lockdowns and coronavirus. But remember that the workers of those 71,000 businesses, and that's just the Commonwealth Bank alone, not the ANZ, not the NAB, not Westpac, not every other small lender around the place, they also will have employees, many of whom will be on that JobKeeper allowance. In other words, they're being fed by you and me, the taxpayer, by the federal government right now. Then you consider that 144,000 home loans uh, and 25,000 personal loans on top, it says that if the employment does not come back post-September, after the coronavirus you know, JobKeeper programs start to expire, what happens then? 
And that's the reason why the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, and we played a bit of that last week here on the Money Minutes for you, that's why he is talking about the extension of it. But let's bring it back to these property prices today, because it would seem right now that there is not a significant impact, not the one you would expect just yet, in these property values coming out from CoreLogic. So is it a case that the worst case scenario from the Commonwealth Bank, a bit like the worst case forecast for the stock market, are perhaps bigger than what the reality might be? I'd suggest maybe that's true. But as I've said to you many times, I don't believe the economic hurt and the real pain comes until the government withdraws its support. The question is, how long will it keep that support in place for? December this year? March next year? June next year? December next year, how long? Because there is a point at which even the federal government will be risking its AAA credit ratings, will be risking an awful lot to try and prop up an economy that it right now is trying to kickstart, is really trying to get motoring along again. But the really fundamental problem is that one of the biggest parts of Australia's economy is inbound tourism and inbound students. And so until really our economy opens up, some people suggesting two years or more, it's still going to be very difficult to be certain about where these property values are going to land. And indeed, that makes it even tougher, perhaps, to make the big call to go out and buy an investment house or an investment property right now without at least having that nagging doubt in the back of your mind that what happens if something goes wrong from here? That's the Money Minutes. Great to talk to you. Give me your feedback. Love to hear it through all of the various social platforms we've got. Uh, If you think it's too long, too short, whatever it is, sing out and let me know. Love to hear from you. We'll talk soon.